Good afternoon. Hope you're all still awake after having a large lunch and everything that was a part of that. want to thank you for the opportunity to speak today. I really appreciate the opportunity you gave me and echo as well uh, the things that Pastor Don and Pastor Church had mentioned. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the many years that you poured into my life as a 13-year-old all the way up to now there are many of you that still pray for me. And just thank you for that. And I appreciate that. I was thinking about being the last one to speak, having this last opportunity, and it made me think of a great meal. Beginning of the meal, you have the appetizer, and Pastor Church brought us a great portion of God's word this morning. And then we had Pastor Don as the main course. And now you get me. Can you guess what I am? I'm the dessert. You're laughing. And you only need a little bit of dessert, so I'm hoping to keep this short. As I was thinking about the theme for today, celebrating the past, being committed to the future, I came across a passage in Romans chapter 15. If you have your copy of God's word, please turn to Romans chapter 15. We'll be looking at verses 4, 5, and 6. Would you stand as we read from God's word this afternoon? Romans chapter 15, starting in verse 4. Paul writes this to the Romans. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You may be seated. I appreciate Pastor Church this morning. He gave a great introduction to the book of Romans, talked through the first several chapters there, so I'm not going to go into that. Why? Because I'm the dessert. The first point I want to talk about is that we learn from the past. Paul writes in verse 4, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instructions. We learn from the past. Paul writes this to a mix of Jews and Gentiles who are now Christians, and he explains to them that they can learn from the writings of the past. If you look at this section of God's word from Romans chapter 12, verse 1, all the way up to this point, Paul uses seven Old Testament passages. He refers back to the prior writings. There's more than 21 verses total that Paul quotes within this context. He quotes Moses, David, Solomon, Isaiah, but all 66 books of God's word has been given to us so that we can learn from our successes, so we can learn from the failures of those who came before us. I wonder how many times in this church the words have been uttered, I wish I hadn't done that, setting explosions on a stage and burning the carpet. 
man, I wish I hadn't done that. Setting a ladder on plastic, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Having a squirrel in the church, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. (laughs) How many times has that been uttered? But we learn from the past. I can tell you something, I haven't ever set a ladder on plastic again. Why? Because we learn from the past. And Paul is saying we need to learn from the authors before us. We need to learn from what they write. As all the other pastors were up here, they all sang. Stacy looked over at me and she said, what are you going to sing? I hadn't planned anything in my notes. But guess what I thought of? The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Bible. Although Stacy told me, you should just say you have young children, so all you can think of is Disney show tunes. But I didn't want to sing, let it go, let it go. I didn't want to sing that. I didn't think that would be appropriate at all for what I was speaking on. The Bible, standing alone on God's word when all else, when all else of the world says the Bible doesn't matter. The Bible is a great ancient text. It has lots of good stories in it. No, the Bible has lots of good history in it. We learn from God's word. We learn from the Bible and we don't make the same mistakes of those in the past. God's word was written so that we could learn about God, so that we could better understand our relationship with him and with other people. You need to read God's word and you need to know God's word. Have you developed a reading plan? Do you read God's word on a regular basis? Do you memorize scripture? I know one thing this church does is they have a memory verse. Do you memorize scripture? Learning God's word. The second part of this passage, we learn from the past, we endure through the present. We endure through the present. Paul writes that it was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope through endurance. We endure through the present. Jesus promised that we would face persecution. We would face trials. We would face struggles, and Paul was not immune to those struggles. In the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul writes this about his suffering. Listen to these words. Five times I received at the hands of all the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. I don't want to be Paul. That doesn't sound like much fun at all. But Paul says, I faced all of these things. Paul was a man who had to endure through a lot, beatings, persecutions, being shipwrecked, being beaten, being stoned, and going without food and water. I've been on a diet recently. I started about a month ago, and the first week wasn't too bad. 
It's like, oh, I'm just not too bad. The second week, this is getting a little harder. By the third week, it was like, give me food. I am hungry. Our church does things. They have donut Sundays. They have things during the service called cookies and conversation once a month. I'm surrounded by foods that I can't eat. Donuts and cookies and brownies and pastries and breads and pastas. They're all right there and I can't eat any of them. It takes perseverance. It takes willpower. It takes endurance and nothing of just enduring a diet is like enduring through life. Life has things that are thrown at us sometimes, loved ones who are killed suddenly. Trials we face, temptations that the world throws at us that we have to endure through. Paul said, no matter what, is thrown at me, no matter what the world throws at me, it doesn't matter. Paul's focus was attaining Christ-likeness. Paul wanted to become like Christ. He writes these words in the book of Philippians. Not that I have already obtained this, not that I have already obtained Christ-likeness, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I press on not because I'm already there, not because I'm already perfect, but I press on because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Christ Jesus had made me his own. What does enduring look like? We're going to be tempted with every sinful thing imaginable. It means saying no to being sinful and yes to being sinless. It means putting off your selfishness and putting on selflessness in order to help others. It means asking for forgiveness when you fall. Sometimes it means taking two steps forward and one step back, but at least you made that one step forward. Endurance means pressing on, but why? Why do we press on, you ask? Repeat after me, why do I press on? Why do I press on? That was, you had a much better. They're, they're asleep right now, aren't they? Repeat after, repeat after me. Why do I press on? Thank you. I'll let you know. Here, it's the third point. We hope for the future. That's the reason we press on. Paul says this. It's through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have. What's the word there? Hope. We might have hope. We have hope for the future. We learn from the past. We endure through the present. And we hope for the future. When you think of the term hope, it can have a lot of connotations. It can have a lot of meanings. You can say, I hope you have a nice birthday. I hope it doesn't rain today. I hope you enjoyed the meal this afternoon. There's a lot of hope there. But it's not the same as biblical hope. None of those are quite the same idea. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of the things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. With faith and hope, God has assured us 
We have assurance of our convictions. God has given us specific promises that we are assured that he will fulfill. God promises that if you believe in him, you will have everlasting life. God promises that if you have everlasting life, there will be no more sorrow, no more tears, no more sin, that those will all be taken away. There will be no more crying or no more pain. Remember that list I told you of Paul in 2 Corinthians, his struggles? Several chapters before that, chapter 4, verse 17, Paul writes this. For this light, momentary affliction. Wait a second, Paul. You would write later that you were beaten, you were almost killed, you were shipwrecked, you went without food, you went without water, you were hungry, you were thirsty. Paul says what? For this light, light, light momentary affliction. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us, all of these things that are happening are preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. There's nothing that's going to compare with what we're going to see in the future. The hope that we have in the future, there will be nothing like it. We have hope as a powerful motivator in our life. Hope is there at the beginning of every race. Hope is there at the beginning of every practice. Hope is there at the beginning of every competition. There's hope that through practice, there will be achievement. And through achievement, will become victory. Hope comes in the ordinary, in the extraordinary. Hope comes on Monday morning when you get up. And hope comes on Friday when you get out of work. For some of you on Friday, hope comes that you'll get a paycheck. You have hope. It motivates us to take the next step, walk the next mile, and persevere through the struggles of this life. And the hope we have in God is so much more than the hope we have in anything else. We hope for the future. Paul writes that the hope we have unites us to one another. The hope we have draws us together, as Pastor Don talked about. It draws us together in unity with one another, being unified. Jesus said these words in John chapter 17. He said, I do not ask for these only. He's praying his high priestly prayer. He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Guess who those people are? That's us. Jesus is praying for you and me here. He says, not only those here that are here with me, but all those who will believe that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus' number one prayer for believers was make sure that they are one. Make sure that they're unified. Make sure that all those dry bones, all those joints are connected because it's important. 
It's important. Why? Why is it so important? Jesus gave us the reason that the world may believe. It's important that we're unified so that the world can see our unity and so that they may believe also that we are sent by Jesus. What's the purpose in all of this? Learning from the past, enduring through the present, having hope for the future. Paul says that it's because for one voice, with one voice, we can glorify God. With one voice, we can give God glory. Jesus said, so that the world may believe. Can I combine those two? We learn from God's word, we endure through the present, we press on towards the hope we have in the future to point people to God so that he can have the glory. As a church for the next 75 years, you've been here 75, for the next 75, be dedicated to God's word. Endure through the present tests and trials in every church's life. There will be tests and trials. Nobody knows those more than your leaders, your pastors and your deacons. Endure through the present because of the hope we have in the future glory that we are promised.